This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. So today we're talking about giving yourself permission to stop something if it's not working in your education business. And I'm not talking about stopping your business altogether, so don't panic. But often we put pressure on ourselves just to keep at something. And usually it's based on our perceptions of what other people might think. Basically, we base our decisions on something that isn't even real, but in our heads, which sounds crazy, but it's true. It's something that we do. We don't weigh up the evidence or consider our options. We just believe that we should continue because we started and that that's what everyone else will believe too. That we've made our bed and then we should line it now. And for those of us who were in teaching ones, we can definitely bring that attitude from teaching. You know, that we need to finish it anyway, even if it's not useful. You know, we were always chasing, completing everything on a to-do list that would have never been completed and was never ending. But we were never taught to evaluate tasks based on their impact or their money-making ability. So I've got three areas to discuss when it comes to giving ourselves permission to stop things in our businesses um, in order to be more successful. So let's just dive into that. So the first one is, what stops us from giving ourselves permission in the first place? And in my opinion, it's two things. Perceived judgment. So judgment that we think other people have about us, but we don't actually know that they do. And the second element is pride. So those are the two feelings or worries that hold us back in, you know, I think anyway. So which when you think about it, there's a difference between making a living or not, having money or not, being able to live life well or not. It's so weird that we let emotions like this control us and stop us from stepping into what we deserve. We think, what will people think if I stop doing X, Y, or Z? Instead of considering what's important. Because... You might not like this, but what your parents think or what your friends think or what your in-laws think isn't important. Sorry, but it's not. And I've wasted a lot of time over the years going over comments in my mind that have been made to me that were so unhelpful and came from no sensible place at all. And I want to save you from all of that. And it's funny because you'll find that people that you know in business probably don't have very many negative things to say about your journey, like friends and family do, even they, even though they've got more value to bring. And they might be a lot more successful than you are right now because they understand that you can't just turn on your business overnight and they know that instant success is not a thing. And they also understand the fact that it's a process and that you learn from it and you get better at it. You don't have to be this superstar overnight. And this is a good point to remind you that in education, we don't expect children to be an overnight success and get everything right first time. So we should stop expecting the same from ourselves. And I also want to remind you that these comments, you know, if they do come and they're not just perceived, you know, from inexperienced friends and family members are well-intentioned and they come from their own fear. It's not about you. They believe, honestly believe that they are helping you. So don't fall out about it, you know, just just see it for what it is. But you don't need those comments in your life, so throw them away. Because those who matter are not thinking what you think they're thinking. You know, some will have their judgments, but they're making those judgments based on their own circumstances. And often as the business owner, 
you know the whole 100% of a situation, which is not what everybody else knows. You know, it probably turns out to be something like 90% of what others don't know. So they'll know their small 10% and then they'll fill in the blanks to make that missing bit up. And so how can you honestly accept the judgment of someone who only knows 10% of a situation? And often that 90% of information that, you know, you know and they don't know is probably not something that you can share with them either. So you can feel very trapped, stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I know that this, you know, won't apply to everybody who's listening, but I thought it was worth mentioning mentioning as well that if you do have staff, then they can also fall into that friends and family bracket, you know, making comments that they think are helpful, um, either out of the best intentions or maybe based on their current circumstances as well, without knowing enough of the information. So obviously, you know, some employees will know more. So it is important to step back and gauge whether the comments, you know, are valuable to you for that specific moment and where they're driven from. Because when it comes to employees, it can be really hard to navigate because it can feel like, oh, well, you know, they're in the business, so they do know more, they're in the mix. But often that's still not the case because when you're in it, you can't always really see it. It's about the percentage of the whole thing that they can see and their perception of it. So to move forward, you know, from just doing the same old thing that deep down you know isn't working, you've just got to accept pride and perceive judgment for what it really is and hold it at arm's length and crack on anyway. And I know this can be so hard because it can feel so overwhelming and so big and it can feel like it can fill the full space. But the important thing is, is to like step like a million steps back, be able to see the judgment, be able to see the pride hold it at arm's length and then be able to move forward. You've got to identify where the comments um, that are stopping you are coming from and then quickly categorize them for what they really are so that you can deal with them appropriately. And all of a sudden they just shrink to be so much smaller and they don't feel like they're filling the space anymore. So the second area that I wanted to cover is this question. What have I stopped and not stopped in my businesses? So I just thought it would be helpful to give you some examples of things that I've stopped in my businesses, as well as things that I should have stopped, but didn't stop. So back in the day, I had this bright idea that I would send out personalized pencils to all teachers and teaching assistants in all Calderdale primary schools. So what was good about that? Well, they would feel the personal touch from Classroom Secrets, and hopefully this would get them talking to other teachers in other LEAs. Right now, that's the only good thing I could think of. Um, Is anyone hearing alarm bells? What was bad then about sending pencils out to every teacher and TA in Calderdale? Well, it took way too long. I think at the time, there might have been about five or six of us in the official team as employees. So there wasn't a lot of us. And I used all the school websites to get all the names and write on them. There were hundreds as well, um, hundreds of schools. And I went on every single website and I did it myself. It was such a waste of an entrepreneur's time. And the thing is, I could really see how it wasn't a good use of time for anyone else because they were employed with a wage. And what hits me in the face now, looking back, is that I valued their time, but not my own. Even though I'd got us to where we were, obviously I'd pulled everything out of the bag to put everything in place and I'd done all sorts of things. I valued their time and not my own. That was stupid. 
Um, I can say that looking back, looking at my former self. And it took me months because I wrote them all and I delivered them as well. And at the time, Hattie was a baby. So it's not like I was working full time and I could just bang them out in a week. I I was working about one and a half or two days a week, something like that. And they were short days. And even when I delivered them, I couldn't take around with me because the boxes of pencils were quite heavy and I'd have had to take her out in the car seat and things into the school. It just, you know, so that ate my work time up as well, delivering them. And you want to know the worst bit about this is that this couldn't even lead to a sale because we gave free subscriptions to all schools in Calderdale. Go figure that. And I'd probably done about three schools when I realised that this was a bad idea. But did I stop? Nope. No, I didn't stop because I wanted to finish them out of fairness and had bought the pencils. So I did. Absolute craziness. And you might be listening to this and thinking, "Mm, if Claire did that, why am I listening to a podcast? But the point is, you know, you might have something similar in your business now where you just want to finish it out of fairness or you can't see past sort of the good idea that you feel like you had in the first place. And maybe that'll just spark that for you. You know, even even when you've managed to move on from crazy little things like that, things like this can still happen, basically, um, even if you've made a success out of things in the end. Um, so another story then. Back in 2019, we wanted to set up a new product where the children could log in themselves and complete activities online. And it was something that had been, you know, one of my ideas for years before that. I'd wanted to do that for years. And we ummed and ahed about how we could go about it. And based on the capabilities that we had in-house at the time, we settled on um, our new Classroom Secrets Kids website as a first pass. It was kind of going to be a halfway house for us based on what we could do then, but we wanted to move on something. But unfortunately for us, it kind of just ran away with us because a few months later, all the schools shut because of the pandemic and everyone was remote learning and we just had to pump a lot into this site without really much time to think and evaluate what we were actually doing. And to cut a long story short, because of the way we had to throw so much resource at it to serve the nation for free, it's not what we want it to be. And so we've stopped selling it and we've made it part of our current subscription. And in time, they will function together as one website. So I thought that was a good example of stopping something that doesn't work and being okay with it and swallowing the side effects because it has side effects on sales as well. You know, a few other examples of when it's important to consider whether or not you need to give yourself permission to stop. I thought it would be helpful to run through some of those. You know, we've been concerned before about finishing a resource line without finding out if it's actually what the customer wants. You know, why are you doing it if the customer doesn't want it? Sometimes we can just think, oh, well, I just want to finish it. Also, you know, if you've got staff members, it could be continuing with staff members. Sometimes it's just not working. And what I've learned is that you just need to face up to that. And that could be for a number of reasons, including, you know, maybe it's a role that you thought you needed, but maybe you actually figured out you don't need, or maybe it's a role you don't need anymore. Maybe it's not a good fit. And you've just got to be brave and have those conversations that you need to have. And that's okay. And then at Education Business Club, you know, we've stepped back and stopped offering one-to-ones because we've realized that one-to-many is what you want and need. And offering one-to-ones, although it's much easier you know, it requires a lot less prep in the background, it can be started much quicker, you know, I could do that, but I've given myself permission to stop and focus on one to many, even though the launch is much harder for that. 
And just a little pep talk to myself on this, and you, of course. It's not failing. It could be failing if you carry on, and business is all about failing anyway. It's just about not failing enough to fold the company. (laughs) And I know that sounds really like, wow, in your face, but that's what it's about. It is about failing, and it is okay to say, no, I can't make this work, and move on and do something else and stop it. It's so easy for us to look around and do things because others are doing them. You know, we make an assumption, don't we? Oh, that must be going well for them. They've put that out a lot. They've done a lot of that. And maybe they've not given themselves permission to stop and we're falling into the same trap as they are. You know, there've been many times where we've been copied doing something that isn't successful as the company that's copying as must perceive that it is. And the third thing then is, you know, why should we give ourselves permission to stop? And the answer is, to become more successful. Let's talk about it in school terms. You know, when a school becomes requires improvement, why does this happen? So it's actually not uncommon, is it, for a school to have been outstanding for eight years previously and have dodged inspections in the meantime and then become requires improvement when they get the next Ofsted. So how does it actually get so bad? And I think it's this. It's by having a label that makes us seem like we are successful and clinging on to that and using it as an excuse to do things the way that we've always done them to not reevaluate our change based on the current circumstances, to think that we have this formula and then just to push ahead with that. But things evolve. You know, with coronavirus, um, I feel like this is quite relevant. You know, they amend vaccines every year because viruses evolve. And it's important that we do as well, you know, in all areas of our lives, but especially in business, because if we're not growing, we're dying. So I suppose you could say that it's fortunate in some sense that in education business we don't have the luxury of falling too far into the trap as we do in school because the money or the lack of it will stare us straight in the face so it's not as easy for us to trundle along doing what we always do and not noticing that doing it the same way we've always done isn't working anymore because the money keeps coming from the government you know there's no specific exchange of value needed in a school so I suppose in some ways that's helpful because you have more markers to show up for you, whereas in school, you wouldn't have realized. So let's not do this in our businesses then. You know, let's give ourselves permission to stop because we are commercially aware now and we're removing our emotions from the situation as good business leaders do. And we're making decisions based on facts, not feelings where possible. And then ask yourself this question when you've decided to stop something. What else can I do that does work or could work? So I really hope this episode has sparked some reflective thinking for you today. Sometimes we don't need to stop. Sometimes we just need to slow down. And I'm going to be talking about that in the next episode. And just a bit of an update for you. The Education Business Club Beta is on its way to you. I'm so excited. So I'm working towards a 1st of December launch. So I very much hope that you're going to be joining me and everyone else in the club from the 1st of December for our meetings. And it's going to be amazing. Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.